What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Wonderful Our City OZSL podcast. And today is another investment Monday, man. We are talking about credit risk. Oh my God, there is so much to be talking about here. We're going to be talking about a variety of different things in terms of, you know, borrowing money, you know, from a bank or selling equity, the advantages and disadvantages of both. There's a lot. Now, if we talk about from a personal perspective, what it can mean to borrow money from specific individuals. Well, it's quite simple. It's really difficult when you lend someone money, right? Unless you tell them exactly when you want that money back. Me, I have a tendency of saying, okay, from a personal perspective, I am not an ATM. Do not come to me to borrow money. Okay. Now, throughout my life, some people would look at me and say, you know what? That was a hindrance. That's why you know, your family no longer speaks to you. But, you know, as of over the last week, I now speak to my mother for the first time in eight years. And, but other people within my family would say, oh, you're very selfish, you're very selfish. And those specific people are literally squatting. Squatting and squatters are people who go from house to house looking for free rent. And I'm like, you know what? Until you actually look at the problem, which is you, you're going to always be a borrower rather than a creator. Like I generate, I am my own self-sustaining economy. I generate jobs. When I start hiring people onto my business, which could happen at any point this year, I am generating jobs for others around the world. And so if you look at me and what I've created, I want to leave my debt and everything at an absolute minimum. I think Thailand and being in Thailand gives me that excellent opportunity, you know, that wonderful opportunity to do that um, versus other places. Because again, if I'm living in America, Uncle Sam always wants a significant portion of it. But if I'm under a work permit and visa here in Thailand and I only get paid <laughs> minimal, they can't, ch- they, they can't ask me for anything if I'm literally getting part-time basis, part-time money. So these are some of the benefits of obviously, you know, not incurring debt or not having to pay different things or even having to borrow from banks, such as a lot of, you know, SMEs continue to do, especially restaurant businesses out here in Thailand. So in terms of that, let's go over some of the advantages of debt. Well, advantages of debt is basically you get control over your business. Okay. Tax deductions, okay, such as like unlike private loans, interest fees and charges are on a business loan. And because they're on that business loan, they're deductible. However, when it comes to the disadvantages is you having to pay back, okay? So making payments to a bank or other lender can be stress-free if you have an ample amount of revenue flowing into your business, okay? Now, high interest rates. You have to always check those interest rates. The effects on your credit rating. Cash flow difficulties. This is one of the big things that ended up hitting a lot of Thai people last year. And unfortunately, a lot of people ended up committing suicide. And it was the simple fact that they borrowed money from the bank to buy a car that they didn't need. And when the cash flow difficulties in regards to COVID had completely destroyed everyone, they're sitting with a more than $500 USD payment worth a car 
when they're not even getting cash flow from their, from their job anymore, and they don't know what else to do but to end their lives. So you want to keep debt and liabilities at a minimal. If you guys want to obviously, you know, read Robert Kiyosaki's uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it teaches you exactly that. And I actually went over that probably back in 2019 in regards to a book review. Because the thing is, when we look at it, your goal is to not only have an income statement, but to have assets and royalties. What's a royalty? Well, let's look at my course for an example. I could wake up one morning and boom, I have money. That's a royalty. Real estate, okay? That's a huge royalty. Let me give you a, a, a magnificent story that I just heard of on the S2S podcast. A girl had to split a course cost in regards to, obviously, a real estate course with Jamal King, the nine to five millionaire. Um, and she had to split it with a friend, 250 USD for her, 250 USD for her. This was during the entire, you know, the COVID, you know, the pandemic, you know, uh, last year. And as of what, probably July 2nd, she sold a property in Memphis, Tennessee for 101,000 USD. So understand that if you make the investment into something that you know can reap unbelievable rewards, you have to take that risk. It's a financial risk saying, oh my God, this is my last little bit of money, but I wholeheartedly believe that I'm gonna be able to do this. And so she did. And so depending on how she sold, whatever that was, whether it was a flip, a refinancing, a refurbishment, whatever it may have been, she could potentially make royalties from it too. It goes back to one of my uh, ex-students from probably about two years ago before obviously COVID completely destroyed everything. His father, unfortunately, may have died by now uh, uh, from cancer, but his father taught him a lot about money. And because he owns land and people who want to do business on that land have to pay that land tax every single month. I don't know if it's yearly, but every month they have to pay money. It's kind of like the house that I'm actually sitting in right now. There's a land tax that has to be paid because somebody owns this land. So those are considered royalties and assets. And with that, you would be able to pay off your debt. Do not pay off credit card debt first. Focus on the abundance and the abundance will ultimately overtake the liabilities. Does that make sense, people? So in regards to debt, student loan debt, that's the number one out there in America, trillions upon trillions of dollars in regards to student loan debt. And they, that, that, that's what their intent is to begin with. Take out loans and one, two, three, pay, 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 pay. And unfortunately, when you graduate high school and just a year later, you're going to have to start owing that money back. And guess what? If you do not owe that many money back, they're going to start sending you emails and they're going to start saying, we're going to garnish your wages. And garnishing your wages means if you get paid, whether it's state owned or not, nah, it's not through a tax agency. They can't find you through that. But if it's state owned, they're going to garnish your wages, meaning they're going to take a percent of your wages. And this is the, the ugly situation in regards to student loan debt out there in America. Now, Let's go into what equity is. And then we're going to listen to an audio, okay? So let's look at some of the disadvantages of equity first. Cost, the equity investors expect to receive a return of their money. Loss of control, the owner has to give up some control of his company 
when he takes on additional investors. If you guys ever watch Startup, you will have an excellent idea of how equity and debt is. When you have a cash flow problem and you can't pay your employees, you end up spelling distrust within your employees. They end up becoming very disgruntled and say, you know what, I don't work for free, you need to pay me on time. Have you guys ever met someone, okay, in your life? Or have you ever been at a job where they never paid on time? There was a job that I had worked for from probably 2018 up to about 2000 and the beginning of 2020, okay, this is last year. The, apparently the calendar had ended the 24th, 25th, 26th. There wasn't a definitive day. And then I'm like, okay, what is going on? I thought I was going to get paid the first. I thought I was going to get paid the second. The third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. I said, you know what? I will not work. And I had to put my foot down. It was probably back in 2019. I had to tell him. I said, Thu, that was his name. I said, the CEO, I don't care about his accounting problems. I don't care about how keen he out, meaning stingy he is. If you do not pay me from today, I am not going to work. I got to have that money. And it's not about having the money, it's the principal. And of course, after March of last year and obviously so many other problems with that country, I'm like, dude, I absolutely don't need you guys anymore. I'm a working economy by myself. A lot of people will say, oh, it's very difficult to do that. Well, through personal development, you will find things that you love in different ways and hear different stories that will absolutely take off. And then maybe in your language, you would be able to talk about it and then start being about it and show people about it through a lot of different multimedia level marketing and content producing. You see what I mean? So anyways, going back to startup, when you go into, if there are multiple people and shareholders involved in a company, it's very difficult. It is very difficult because somebody always wants a piece in all the decisions. Like, wait, I invested in this company. Wait, I have a say too. Wait, I have a say too. Wait, I have a say too. Four people, chaos. And you guys know a lot of companies out there that have these multi-head, you know, investors in one company. And what ends up happening? It ends up completely falling apart. So in saying that, what we have to do is look at the advantages of equity, right? So unlike debt finance, you don't make repayments on investments, okay? Now, business and experience and contacts. You'll be able to build up the technical skills, managerial skills, you know, the experience, contacts of, or, or networks, whatever it may be, and build up that credibility to the business, right? So there's a number of different things that the advantages of equity does have, right? And so me, from my personal perspective, loans, absolutely not. A car loan, why would you need a car loan? Depending on what country you're in, I would figure out another way. I would probably move to a location that I needed to be so I wouldn't have to buy a car. You know, I've been thinking about it and flirting with it out here in Thailand. Oh, do I need a car? Absolutely not. Thailand's full of traffic jams. I'm just going to be contributing to the greenhouse gases that are already suffocating the people of the city out here in Bangkok. And so I absolutely, and I mean, I would absolutely not buy anything in regards to, um, in regards to, I'm not buying anything, but like get loans to do anything. A lot of people are like, oh, I need a loan to start a business. A lot of people say, oh, absolutely not. You never want to start a business on a loan. And so again, me, yes, I'm very fortunate. 
I'm extremely fortunate because I become the top 1% in TOEFL ITP, TOEFL IBT, you know, IELTS, which I don't focus on as much, TOEIC, which I do once in a while. But because I'm the top 1% and because I have a number of different products that mean different things to different people in different ways, I don't have to rely on my main job out here that literally just gave me just over 330 USD that doesn't even cover my, you know, my, my, my power bill for the month. No, I rely on me. I rely on me because I am a producer of money now. Not only that, I have business clients and stuff like that. And so I keep that job at a minimal because my goal is not to make him rich. My goal is to work on my own financial future and to build generational wealth. So in terms of that, let's get into this loan application and then we're gonna get into the listening. So what we have here is a loan application, okay? Now, if we're looking at these loan applications, decide whether you should lend money to this company. And then what we're gonna do, we're going to listen, okay, to a loan approval committee discussing this application by the name of Abbotson, okay? And then obviously you and I are going to, you're going to think I'm going to discuss whether it's a good idea, uh, whether, you know, what's the, you know, what did they go with and whether that's a good idea or not. So if we look at this loan application form, you got the loan application, Abbotson, loan term five years. What's the company information? Well, Abbotson, Electrical is a medium-sized manufacturing company based in Nottingham in the UK. It produces electrical components for the automotive industry. So what's the reason for the loan application? Well, its plans is to extend the production capacity by adding three machines to their factory. This will give them a total of seven machines. The company expects demand to increase steadily in the next few years as Chinese car manufacturers increase production and begin to sell into export markets. Now, that scares me because it's like expects demand to increase. No, the thing is, if I'm going to buy one machine, it's because demand has already increased. So what they should have said is, well, no, demand has already increased by looking at our numbers. We went from these numbers last month to these numbers next month and our projected numbers for the next three to six months. You have to show me. I don't want to hear over the next few years. That kind of scares the living hell out of me because anything can happen over the next few years. It could be COVID 2.0. And they're basing their entire everything on Chinese car manufacturers. Although they're expanding, they're more just, you know, uh, given the fact, obviously, if we're playing in present day, you know, China, you know, China and whatnot, they are trying to probably expand, but it's more just building up their entire economy rather than not focusing on anyone else. You see, now how about the management? It's a family run company with a board of five directors representing three generations of the family. So Michael Abbotson has run the company for 22 years but plans to move into a non-executive role next year and hand over to his daughter, Rachel. She has worked in various positions in the company for the last five years, most recently as sales director. And at 34, she will be one of the youngest CEOs in the industry. So you're going to be dealing with the family owned company. Okay. Five directors represented three generations and a CEO at the age of 34. Who's a woman. Not that that means anything, but we're just all, all things considered. A guy will probably be far more riskier. A girl, a woman will probably be way more level-headed. 
meaning it will be much easier. But 34 years old, can she do it? Too young, maybe, to be a CEO? Let's see. Now, let's keep it looking. Sales outlook. Abbotson has a good order book and strong relationships with major car manufacturers. The forecast for new sales is healthy, and if it continues, its profits should grow. Should. However, the current uncertainty in the global economy may see car sales slow. Were this to happen, the company would struggle to maintain profitability. Therefore, how could they be able to pay back their, of course, debt? So if we look at the turnover, okay, from 2013, it was at 4.8 million. 2014, 4.1, 5.3. Operating profit, it went up from 345 in 2013 to 567 in 2014 to 685 in 2015. Now, net worth, the book value, 3.1 million, up to 3.4 million, up to 3.8 million. Debt to equity, 22.7% in 2013, 2014, 15.8, and 2015, 12.3. Free cash flow has diminished. It went from 278,000 to 255 to 256, just slightly written rows by about, what, a thousand less than. So now let's listen to a loan committee talk about whether or not they're going to accept this as in regards to, you know, are we going to go through uh, with Abbotson in regards to providing them with the loan based on all the details I have given you. All right. So three, two, one. Bean. So the next application is Abbotson Electrical, a medium-sized auto parts manufacturer. Has everyone had a look? Oh, yes, yes. So who'd like to start? Well, I think they're quite a good company. They've got a good record of profitability and they have fairly low leverage. I think their growth plans are well thought out too. I agree with you, Peter. But something that concerns me is their profit margin. Although they have fairly high turnover, their EBIT is quite low for the sector. What's their cost base like? How will this expansion plan affect that? Will their profits fall due to increased costs? That's a good point, Carlos. I'm also a little worried about governance. How do you mean? Well, the current director, Michael Abbotson, is stepping down soon, and the successor, his daughter, doesn't have that much experience. We've seen lots of young leaders struggle despite looking good on paper. That's true. Another thing is the speculative nature of this expansion. What do you mean? Well, they're expanding in order to be ready for expected demand from China. What if that demand doesn't come? That's true. And then there's the wider risk. The car industry is fairly robust at the moment, but if current risks in the global economy crystallize, that's going to have a big impact on their profitability. Then they'll have declining profits and big loan repayments as well. Could they manage that? So there are some risks here, but personally, I think it's a fairly good offer. The potential risks give us room to charge higher than average interest. That's true. We could get a good margin out of this. So, we're moving to authorizing the loan, but with a higher interest rate, somewhere between 4 and 5% probably. I'd be comfortable with that. Me too. And there it is. So, if there are risks, 
Some companies may go with the higher interest rate saying, listen, I'm going to be honest. If you guys were actually a little bit, if you're EBIT and, you know, the turnover margins, if they were a little bit better, we would potentially go with lower interest rates. But because we're going to go with highest interest, higher interest rates and not decline their loan, this is what we have to do based on what is happening right now. Now, again, I don't really look at the whole experience and everything in regards to that. I don't really care about experience, right? I think that's just all just a tale of tales. But again, when you hand the company over from, you know, obviously from one generation to another generation, this generation is going to be completely different from the older generations. Because the older generations played a lot of defense, right? So if you look at the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, it was all defense. Especially, what, Great Depression? We're talking 30s and 40s. They played nothing but defense, okay? The only person that actually profited was Warren Buffett's old ass, okay? And so going into 50s, 60s, 70s, and, you know, the uh, entire American society completely falling apart, wars running rampant across Asia. Obviously, everyone was playing the defensive until it wasn't, it wasn't until the 90s when people started betting on the internet and different things like AOL and, uh, you know, social media began to emerge and the next, you know, cell phones and all this other stuff. That's when people started saying, you know what? Okay, I want to start getting into this investment game. I want to start getting into stocks because guess what? Back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, terrible. Absolutely terrible. A lot of people will say, no, well, that was the greatest time. No, okay? Depending on how long you've been holding on to stock for, no, no, and no. So in saying that, that's how I guess some loan people, that's how they, you know, discuss in regards to what they can do in terms of giving and, you know, authorizing loans for people. But at the same time, man, I would just go in there cold hard cash and buy it. I really would. Depends on the cash flow, right? The company I used to work for, what, back from, what is it, February to about April, um you know they skyrocketed during the shutdowns because they were able to you, you know they need they had they have materials that need to be used whether it's for cars machines this that so they have clients all in and around bangkok and it's a conglomerate of a company in switzerland so you can imagine that amount of cash flow and especially one of the sound the most sound economies in all of the world in switzerland hey you're good to go so in saying that, there's a lot to be discussed. There's so much more to talk about in regards to credit card risk, but I don't want to give you too much. So in saying that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this wonderful investment podcast. Look into these things before making any hasty decisions, and I'll be seeing you in the next one. I'm your host, as always, over and out.